Hello, my friends, and uh, welcome back to The Informed Catholic. This uh, this is going to be the fourth Sunday of Easter, so we're going to continue that. So let's begin. Um, let me read this little passage from the Missal. It's... Uh, Today would be considered a good, the Good Sunday, the Good Shepherd Sunday. So the theme is the Good Shepherd. At many moments of our lives, especially when we have to put up with suffering and unexpected problems, we feel that we are not self-sufficient. In such cases, modern people go to... Uh, to a psychiatrist, a marriage counselor, or a lawyer for guidance and advice. Where does God, um, where does God visible in Jesus Christ fit in to your schedule, to your daily schedule? God's advice and wisdom is available in the words and example of the Lord Jesus Christ. The writers of the New Testament we're concerned to bring out who the risen Lord is and how we are related to him. In this Sunday, we are invited to see the Lord as both the gate of the sheepfold through which we should enter in security and our shepherd whom we should follow. Though sheep and shepherds are not part of the contemporary American scene, and we know them perhaps only from television with a little goodwill, we can understand what the inspired writers wanted to say. By prayerful reading the Bible and diligently following the Lord Jesus, who is the shepherd and guardian of our souls, in the second reading, uh, that's where we get that, modern Christians know how to integrate the guidelines of their religion with whatever science offers them for the solution of their problems. I think we come to a breaking point. This is my opinion now. Um, um, technology, as good as it is, as good as it is, and as it does wonderful things for us. It is also an impediment. It's an impediment to our souls. It's an impediment to our um, daily life. It's a tool. And the problem is it's no longer a tool. It's become an addiction. Um, it's become an addiction and it's the gateway to other addictions. I mean, let's face it, right? We know this. It's a gateway to other addictions. Anyway, let's um, let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts, in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, 
So please pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. Okay, so we are now in the fourth Sunday of Easter. Sorry about last week. Uh, got overwhelmed with things. Um, time flew by. Time flies by quickly. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, I think you know I've been listening to some YouTube channels with Father Ripaker, and they're t they're talking about, especially since since the shutdown. Things have gotten so badly, and since we are, you know, we have so many things that happened. I mean, so many of our of our freedoms are being taken away, and there's so many things that many of our leaders are trying to implement. Uh, even here, the mayor of New York and the governor, the governor wants to get rid of gas gas stoves. They want uh, to push all these electric cars, which are not, they're not dependable. And gas stoves, electric cars, they want to try to uh, have us cut back on beef and eat bugs. They're even talking about getting rid of rice, which feeds half the planet. Where where are they getting these ideas from? And who's what makes them think they're right to do this? Half the planet survives on that. That's like a, an important food source to stop hunger. So what we have here is a new Tower of Babel. A new... Because technically, it's, okay, basically, Father Ripaker and some of our other good Orthodox teachers, the few we have out there, would tell you that modernism, modernism 
is the synthesis, the synthetic culmination of all heresies. A heresy is basically a bad teaching. A, a teaching that basically is contrary to the gospel, contrary to Christ. I know uh, we haven't begun the reading, but let's just talk about this first. It is basically the culmination of every single anti-Christ teaching that has existed and it has basically morphed, let's put it this way, into one big giant Frankenstein. All right, in it you have that man is the center of everything. Man is the center of, of all. God, man doesn't need God. Or man is God. Arianism, Arius, which is a heretic from Alexandria, Egypt, around the fourth century, right? He basically came up with an idea that Jesus is not God, that Jesus was a man who created and sort of got adopted to God. And it, it basically is... It's another way of, basic, of basically saying that you don't need the church because if, if Christ is not God, then the church is not real or the church is just merely a, man, a human institution. If Christ is God, right? If Christ is God, he is the word incarnate who became man, then that gives Christ absolute divine authority over men. And that makes the church a divine institution to teach men in in that sense i mean like you have to say about protestants because protestants basically are a scattered group of people basically if you look at them they're pretty much man-made institutions they're practically <clears throat> the bread and butter of protestant ministers right the bread and butter of all of 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 these people because that's what it is it's their own it's their ministry it's how they survive it's how they pay the bills right but if it's a, it's if it if it's a divine institution that it has a mission christ himself has the right and authority to have power over men because by the fact that he is god and by the fact that he took on human flesh he became, it was both God, fully, truly God and truly man. He has authority over men and he basically can give a commission and authority, uh, and authority to preach and teach to his apostles, to teach others. Now, the part about Judas being a scandal, that's just because there's always going to be those human beings in the world who don't understand. And you have, we have them. We have them in the church even now. They're modernists. They don't fully understand. They don't fully understand who Jesus is. You can still be a Christian. 
You can, you can become an apostle, a successor of the apostles. And you could still lack the faith. You could still love the world too much and lack the faith. And, and, and in many ways, you could even hate Christ. That's probably what happened with Judas. He believed in him. There's some people who can believe in him, but don't have the grace, don't have the faith. I mean, we have baptized Catholics out there who are doing that now in, in the government. Not even clergy. It's sad, but it's true. Now, what Arius did was he basically took man and he basically made the government into, into God. By taking, by removing, by downplaying Christ, he basically went back and gave the pride and vanity, the ego to man. And therefore created the idea that the government is the answer to everything, that the government is God, that the government can, can solve poverty, can solve, by the way, the movie Nefarious, I haven't seen it, but the scenes, that I, the, the scenes, if you look at some of the stuff on Church Militant on YouTube by Michael Forrest, it's, it's very good. It's very, it's very good. Basically, it's, it's pretty much what we're talking about here. Man now wants to solve all the problem. And man can do it with prejudice, without license, just like what Hitler tried to do. Just like what, what they're trying to do now. I mean, think about it. According to exorcists, every time there's an abortion, every time a child is murdered, thousands of demons are released back in the world. God has to release all these demons back in the world because we once we kill a child, we murder a child. Now imagine what happens with transgenderism, with mutilation, because man denies God's right. Man denies God's authority. And therefore man must be punished. This is how, why we're so, things have gotten so bad, why there's so much violence in the street, why there's so much, I mean, the other day, Supposedly in New York, this poor woman was sexually assaulted about 60 years old, dragged, screamed for help within earshot of people, and nobody did anything to help her. Nobody did anything. In the movie, there's a scene where the, the demoniac, the possessed man who's condemned to die, is speaking to this atheistic, way, way ridiculous, uh, overly educated to the point of complete shameful blindness. The, the, the psychiatrist thinks that we're, we are ahead of ourselves. We have done better. We have succeeded. We don't need, you know, we, we, you know, we're getting rid of racism. We're getting rid of sexism. We're achieving equality. And the demon, the demoniac looks at him and says, I think I love you. He says, do you realize that there are more slaves today 
on your planet than there was during the Roman Empire. And half of them are sex slaves in the sex trafficking industry. Think about that. Our basketball players, our sports players, our advertising sneakers made by slave laborers in slave camps. Think of that and think of all the sports goods along with it. More than the Roman Empire because multiply the population what was then and what is now. Multiply that with the internet, with cell phones, with tablets, with the apps, all the apps, everything that we get on our app store. Multiply that with the sex industry, with the, with the pornogra pornographic industry. Pretty, pretty depressing, isn't it? It, we're not, we're actually worse than we are before. This is why some believe that if that chastisement does happen, everything has to start over again with a complete clean slate. Because the technology, as wonderful as it is, is an impediment to our salvation. It prevents us from looking at the other person made in the image and likeness of God. It's an impediment to our salvation. I don't know what the chastisement will be, but they're definitely, this is where God makes himself known to the world. And this is where the world has to finally make a choice. And then finally we have to for a time, a period, we will have peace. And as usual, humanity will start over again by, by pushing the memory away, by not wanting to remember God. And this time, our choice between, is between heaven and hell, between salvation and damnation. All right, let's begin our reading. Okay, um, first reading. All right. Okay, let's begin. This is uh, from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, 14, 36 to 41. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed, Let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God made both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they asked Peter and the other apostles, What are we to do, my brothers? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is made to you and to your children and to all those far off, whomever the Lord our God will call. He testified with many other arguments and was exhorting them, save yourselves 
from this corrupt generation, those who accept his message were baptized and about 3,000 persons were added that day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 23 and the response is, the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Alleluia. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In verdant pastures, he gives me repose. Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Alleluia. He guides me in the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil. For you are at my side with your rod and your staff that gives that give me courage. The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall want. Alleluia. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall want. And only in goodness and kindness, only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Hallelujah. Second reading <clears throat> from first uh, Peter chapter two, verse 20 to 25. Beloved, if you are patient when you suffer, for doing what is good, there is a grace before God. For this, uh, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he returned no insult. When he suffered, he did not threaten. Instead, he handed himself over to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body upon the cross so that free from sin we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you had, go for you had gone astray like sheep but you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. I know my sheep and mine know me. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John chapter 10. All right, uh, chapter 10, verse 1 to 10. Okay. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, 
what climbs over elsewhere is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. As the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out, when he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they do not recognize the voice of the strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize that he was trying to, what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters, enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal, slaughter, and destroy. I came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> so, the last part I like, that he, it says that the, in the gospel reading, the Pharisees didn't comprehend or understand it, and then he had to say it in this way, where he is the the sheep, he is the, the, the way to... to uh, for the sheep here Jesus said again amen amen I say to you I am the gate he is the gate he is the entry point he is the, the way the gate to salvation I am the gate for the sheep all who come before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not listen to them I am the gate Whoever enters through me will be saved. Uh, here, it goes back here. This is the line here. All right. Uh, although it says here. Okay. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. They didn't realize it. <clears throat> Even for the teachers... They have to go through him. You have to go through him. Anyone who, 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 who claims to be and is not is basically a false teacher. You know, you got these guys with prosperity gospel. You got the, uh, you even got bishops who treat the church like a corporation. Right? They treat the church like a corporation. Those are false False teachers. False teachers. The answer is Jesus Christ. Everyone has to walk through it. Pope to new baptized baby. Everybody. Even the false teachers have to come through him. There is no other way around it. There is no other way around it. You cannot escape it. Christ is the answer. 
He is the way, the truth, the truth and the life. He is the good shepherd of our souls, as Simon Peter said. Baptism is life in Christ. Is You're the new genesis. He is beginning a whole new form of creation. All right. Baptism is the gateway. The problem is, is, okay, you're gonna, you, we're always going to get a Judas. We're always going to get a Judas. We're always going to get a, 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 a smooth talker. We're always going to get a businessman. We're always going to get bad teachers. The answer is, are you going to let them become an impediment? Even the good that they have done. Christ can still work good through a bad teacher. You know, don't be scandalized. Don't be surprised by people's failure. There was a, a young woman that called herself Christ's defender. She's uh, in England. Very smart. Very well educated in apologetics. And I mean smart. And she was talking about the Protestant minister, the late Ravi Zacharias, who turns out has had a lot of scandals appear about him. And, you know, people, a lot of Christians can be, can have their faith destroyed by scandal by leaders that they have worshipped too much, too much, that they put too much dependency on them. In many cases, the, the cause for sin, the cause for scandal is because they took upon themselves a fame that's unnatural and they couldn't handle it. And usually when people are scandalized by bad teachers, by horrible sexual stuff, and then they let it destroy their faith, it usually means that their faith was too much in the teacher than in Christ. Remember, Jesus himself used a metaphor by building your house on a rock versus building your house on sand. Building your house on sand means that you worship the leadership rather than worship Christ. And that's, that's a fact. That's something a lot of people have to learn. You can't admire and love the, the teacher, the, you know, the, the, um, the figurehead, the, the, the priest or the minister, you can't do that. It's the Christ that has to be worshipped and loved. His words you have to be familiar with. Him you have to be familiar with. You have to know him. Teachers, that you, by loving them too much, by showering them with so much attention, or oh, how wonderful they are, or oh, how wonderful they are, or oh, how great they are, Oh, I love your sermon. No, it's Christ. It's Christ. Anything more than anything that takes away from him, it, you, you're going to be hurting the minister. You're going to be hurting the priest. You're going to be hurting the bishop. You are going to hurt them. You're going to hurt the deacon. And then what happens is your faith becomes a shipwreck when a scandal comes. You'll wind up defending the minister rather than defending Christ. You'll wind up defending the minister than, let's say, someone who has been taken advantage of. 
That's the problem. And, and that's why we've had all these scandals. Theodore McCary couldn't handle it. The former cardinal, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. There were issues, there were things in him that he just would not acknowledge. The sin that was in him, he would not acknowledge. It's sad, but it's true. Ravi Zacharias, the former um, minister, he was of Indian background, very smart, very intelligent. And some people get so upset about it that if we moved away from, um, I mean, there's, there's so much. I mean, the church moved away from it in, in the modern church for too long. It, we followed society. Many of our ministers followed the culture. It started off, I think, with, it, may, it definitely was before Vatican II. It's definitely long before that. But we took our eyes off of Christ and we paid the price for it. We paid the price for it and a lot of victims, a lot of poor souls got destroyed. All right, we're going to end it here and we'll go to the closing. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in a in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church, I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. Arise, O Lord, and scatter your enemies, and all who hate, your, hate thee flee before thy holy face. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.